is a god of the game. Season 2, here we go. We are back and so does the same old overseas batting collapses for Indian cricket. Where is the problem? Wait, let's blame IPL as English pundits now have the 100 to blame their own horrendous show down under. The English Premier League has moved from a four-team title race to a three-team title race to a race amongst teams not to lose to Manchester City. Can Ancelotti take care of his unfinished business by winning La Liga? Milan teams fighting for Serie A glory, business as usual at Bundesliga and can Djokovic ever play Grand Slam tennis again? Let's go! Hello and welcome back to Sports Chacha guys, season 2, episode 1. I mean, I'm in a new city, Ishan has a new parental status, we have a new setup, we have a new logo and Ishan, welcome back bro, good to see you. Yeah man, it's been so long, I actually, it's strange to say this, I actually missed you. Um, I don't think that would have ever happened but, you know, I missed, I missed more than, more than anything, I missed talking about sports, it's been a month and a half hiatus for both of us. A lot of life changes, but you know, I'm so excited to start off season two. So much has happened. Uh, we're going to just try our best to cover most of it, uh, but so much to look forward to as well. So I'm really, you know, excited and pumped to get season two started. Yeah, man, a lot of things happened in the last one and a half months. Ashes, India's tour of South Africa, drama within the Indian cricket team, two new IPL franchises announced F1 season's crazy end, Djokovic getting deported out of Australia. Oh my God. But what we will do right now is we are not going to talk about everything that happened in the last one and a half months, but we'll give you a short summary and our perspectives on what has happened. So we will start right away with, obviously, the Ashes. Ishan, being an Aussie fan, a hardcore Aussie fan, this has been a memorable Ashes. Well, memorable, yes, but I think, you know, there were, you know, the usual Glenn McGrath, Ricky Ponting started off saying that, you know, it's going to be a whitewash. But my memory always served me as a very strong English team because they're so good in white ball cricket. What I failed to understand was that doesn't translate into a five-day format. And boy, it did not translate into a five-day format, right? I literally saw every single ball of this Ashes. It was obviously test cricket at its best because, you know, there was drama, although albeit one-sided, but it's always entertaining watching India, uh, sorry, England and Australia play test cricket. But so many heroes came out of it for Australia people who have never heard of Scott Boland, who probably should retire right now. He has an average of eight. Uh, he has 16 test wickets in two test matches. Uh, it's an absurd stat. Uh, but, you know, it was sad at the end. Like, you know, at, you know, 4-0, it should have been 5-0. If it wasn't for the rain in Sydney, it would have definitely been 5-0. Uh, it was, I think, even the Australian fans were felt a little embarrassed that how bad England were. You know, give you some stats. Uh, England... The next uh, Ashes tour in Australia will be in 2025. Uh, by that time, it will be 14 years since England have won, got a result, have won a test match in Australia. Now, wow. it's it's about 25 test matches that they have not reached 300 in an inning. Uh, it is scary, scary how bad England's batting is right now because their bowlers did their bit. Mark Wood, my hat's off to that guy. He gave his heart out in both the Sydney test matches and especially in Hobart on a green pitch. <clears throat> I think if there's one takeaway England can have in this test series was Mark Wood and his determination. And the Australian fans duly applauded him uh, off when the series ended. But, you know, the Ashes started off with such drama. You know, Tim Payne being, you know, removed, stripped off his captaincy. Pat Cummins, it's been a really long time since a fast bowler was a captain of a test playing nation. Pat Cummins, what a player, what a... Meaning, he's going to go down as one of the great fast bowlers of all time. He's yeah. young and he's doing brilliantly. And now he's a great captain and an Ashes winning captain. Uh, great gesture, by the way, at the end uh, with the Usman Khawaja part. I think we don't need to talk about it. People can just YouTube it. Uh, but amazing series. But I feel bad for England. Uh, they're going to be back to 
white ball cricket now before they tour west indies and they'll again be world beaters but you know they really need to do some thinking about how they want to structure uh, the test team because uh, their opening pair is weak uh, they don't have you know rory burns i don't know have you seen his style wala like have you seen him bat <laughs> like it's like i thought shivnarayan chandrapal had a bad style but this is like he set the tone for the ashes right first delivery he got bowled round the wicket of mitchell stark i mean that's how the entire series began now going back to england right i mean yes australia did excellent we have as you pointed out scott boland one of the one of the star performers that came out of australia in fact australia you can actually pick pretty much the entire squad i don't remember seeing a single non performing asset in that australian squad everyone were brilliant but let's get into the english team i mean you pointed out there has been more focus on the white ball cricket uh, england have actually been pretty good in white ball cricket obviously they are the world champions odi world champions they are pretty good in t20 they have invested a lot in their own 100 format and yet they still complain their english players playing in I- ipl and that is the reason why their uh, test uh, performances have been going down There were some interesting points discussed. I was looking at uh, Mark Butcher and uh, Alistair Cook discussing about it. So one of the points that Mark Butcher brought in is that, see, they have England, we all know they have a well-established county cricket uh, system. I mean, it's been there for almost 100 years, if I'm not wrong. If that country cannot produce quality test cricketers, then there is something fundamentally wrong with their system. So in terms of, let's say, batting, we have seen this happening with england in terms of losing a lot of wickets in heap and this has happened in india also there seems to be a tendency to go for shots much earlier in fact we had this problem with indian cricket for a while a lot of our indian t20 players couldn't com- compete in the test arena because they were going for shots left right and center and losing their wicket is this something that you see england addressing in the near future or this is going to continue for at least some time before they even get to where they want to be no i think michael atherton made a very good point and that, that really struck me and i think that hit a chord of the true root of the problem joe root of the problem of the english team uh <laughs> the thing is that uh, he said that england strategy for a build up to the ashes was we need to build a squad for the ashes they don't look at the next series they don't look at the next match they're always building up to the ashes so what they do is that they're not selecting good players for each series they are just trying to rest them for a series that is in the future so what that happened especially with covid right now is that none of them came with match practice johnny besto who was a great batsman he had no practice he had not batted for like 3 months before he was put into the squad in the second or third test match <clears throat> and that shows when they are batting right like you know previously before covid before every ashes test match there was a warm up game uh so if players were out of form uh they could bat themselves into form or into some kind of nick without with covid happening there's no there's just a break so all of those preparations that would have probably helped england a little were not there but as you rightly said focus has been solely on white ball cricket for a really long time in england they've in a way tried to monetize more than what a bspcc had done in how to you know monetize the short form of format of the game with the 100 etc but i think it also goes down to uh, you know their county game uh, you know atherton made this point county cricket now happens in the wrong season where the pitches are actually wow. you know dead pitches they're not the green lush pitches where you know actual county players are made uh, once because of the white ball cricket so white ball cricket that 100 has to happen when it doesn't rain so that means the county cricket gets pushed to the time where it rains or it's not a very good weather for play cricket so that means that the deprioritization has happened at a fundamental level for red ball cricket and that is a problem interesting and i think bala have you seen inside edge uh, that show yeah yeah this actually happened with the england team for example sky sports did not bid for the ashes this time uh, as a broadcaster wow. right now bt sport actually won the rights and they are into a massive loss because most of the games didn't go into 5 days if you can look back at the inside edge last season right they didn't go into 5 days uh, it was a white wash viewership drop because there was not too much drama 
So now the actual problem that the ECB as well as Cricket Australia has is Ashes still a money-making series for them? Is it even worth having a five-test match Ashes series anymore? So those are the conversations happening at the back, and that's all gone down to how the England team and England board more 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 than the team has deprioritized the long format of the game. Yeah, very very interesting points, and yeah, obviously now England cricket board has to go back to the drawing board and see what they can do to bring the Test cricket back uh, into their plans and. Uh, We'll see how they are going to perform in the next Ashes. I think that's happening in 2024, if I'm not wrong, in England. Uh, so, yeah. hopefully, England can put up a better show and uh, hopefully challenge Australia. And hopefully, we have a, a much closer and a much a more entertaining Ashes than what happened this time. So, Bala, so I was watching, a, I mean, I was supporting a team that won a, like a one-sided series. The team used support. Uh, I think the build-up or the predictions were supposed to be the same, right? Because I think India went into South Africa for a test series as a favorite for the first time ever, I feel, because, you know, everyone knows the drama that has been happening with the South African cricket board. They, they struggled to put up a team. And England, in, in the Indian cricket team went full strength. Uh, so, you saw the series. Over to you. Tell me how that, how that went. Oh, man. It was so disappointing. I mean, disappointing for many reasons. First reason, disappointing for Rahul Ravid. I mean, you know, like, how much I respect the man, how much I love the man. I really wanted uh, this to be a statement victory for him. You know, his first away series, his first major away series as a coach. So, I really wanted... Uh, him or the team to perform really well. Started off really well. First test went according to the plan. But the problem is with the team selection. I mean, I have been, you, we are in the WhatsApp group. I have been harping about Ajinkya Rahane right from day one. This has been a mistake to first of all take him there and to even start him. And he ended up playing all the three games. What, he scored a 45 runs? Is that is that the benchmark right now to be a part of the starting level of the Indian cricket team? I don't know. I really don't know what is the benchmark right now. Think about... Uh, players like Shubman Gill, Shreyas Ayer, who are waiting on the sideline to perform, what will they think? How how bad their morale will be? Now, putting that aside, batting definitely was a massive, massive Bala, problem. Yeah. One point you made uh, in the WhatsApp group, which I think is more important than how Rahane performed, is Rahane used to be the key peg in terms of build, breaking the momentum for the Indian squad. His wicket always happened immediately after a wicket fell because he didn't contribute anything. So the moment India got into some momentum, because of two quick wickets, the momentum used to switch back. So I just wanted to add that point. You had made this previously, so I thought this is an important thing. So yeah, go ahead. Exactly, and that's what happened in the last test also. There were times where we were actually looking to score good, looking to set up a good total, and then those two quick wickets picked us back. Now, coming back to the South African team, as you said, this was easily one of the, if not, I mean, not one of the, I can clearly say the weakest South African test team that we have played against, at least in South Africa, ever since the 1990 series. Very inexperienced bowling attack. I think KBG is the KGB is the only Rabada is the only experienced bowler. Uh, but I was extremely impressed with Janssen. Uh, tall, lanky. It reminded me. He reminded me of Bruce Reed. I don't know how many young listeners will remember Bruce Reed. He reminded me of Bruce Reed. Uh, brilliant bowling by him. And very well supported by uh, Olivier. I, I forgot his name. Olivier, I believe. Uh, Olivier. Olivier, Olivier, um, Olivier, and um, who's that fourth seamer? Engidi. Um, My God, Lungi Engidi. How did I forget him? So yeah, pretty much. I mean, obviously, if you look at the pace attack, like we had Bumrah, Shami, uh, Siraj, and Thakur, but then their bowling definitely performed well, and it also goes to show how much the bowlers have bailed us over the last one and a half years. Yes, we have performed really well outside India, Australia, England. We have done it so very well. But if you look at their victories, if you look at those victories, most of the times the lower order has battered out of their skin to save us the game. And uh, this has kind of exposed the top order's failings in the last one and a half years. Virat Kohli, again, showed brilliance in terms of that first innings 
third test match first innings he was extremely good it was one of the most disciplined innings i have seen him play in test uh, but yeah eventually then work out for us and the drama behind it man now he's off being the test keeper even before the series started rohit sharma not playing the test virat kohli not playing the odis i i'm not sure like why why this happens around rahul dravid i, I don't know when he became the captain there were too much drama now when he is the coach there is too much drama hopefully this all gets sorted out and uh, hopefully in the next series from next season onwards like we have a proper team and we challenge for the test championship again has the ambala has a new test captain been announced not yet not yet there's been a lot of speculation going around uh, uh, the names that have been thrown in the hat are rohit sharma kl rahul some are suggesting even rishabh pant or some are suggesting like keep rishabh pant as a vice captain and under a temporary captain groom him and then like handed over the captaincy to him like how they did with kumble and dhoni kumble was the captain for a year year and half and then dhoni took over the reins so that could be a, a a possible option ashwin is a possible option but again ashwin had a very horrible series so i'm not sure the the problem right now with the captain is there is no performer there is no single performer other than probably bumrah is probably the only standout performer other than him i really don't see any player who came out top out of this three match series bala uh, i think one one person before i ask you a question one person who i think deserves a lot of credit is peterson from south africa uh, yes no, nobody had ever heard of him the only peterson i knew was kevin who i didn't particularly like uh because he's to thrash australia uh but he played an unbelievable series especially in the finale the last innings second innings uh you know a target of 200 was not easy uh but they made it look very easy uh and that was all thanks to him but question for you bala before we move on uh what do you think about the futures of you know rahane and pujara pujara has been in a very bad patch for a really long time right now uh what do you th- what, what do you think happens to them can we even replace the likes of a pujara or just the symbolism of having pujara is more important than the value i mean pujara also brings in pujara does bring in a certain value i mean he is a specialist number 3 batsman and number 3 is a very very special and a crucial role especially when it comes to test cricket uh so that's why pujara might get one other chance probably one extra series or one extra match but again if he doesn't perform then the team management has to take strong decisions and and kick him out because unless you give someone a chance you will never know whether you're going to get another very good quality number 3 batsman and we do have good quality players unless you put them in the ring unless you give them the opportunity we'll never know how good they'll come out maybe we'll find a great number 3 in shubman gill who knows will never know maybe we'll find an excellent number 6 in anuma vihari i mean there are talents so we'll probably have to put them give them the opportunity to see uh, if they can come good so that's great but apart from these two series one excellent series that happened down under not in australia but a country right next to australia the home of the world test champions what a surprise series it was what a great series in fact it was the first time Amazon actually uh, live telecasted uh, a cricket uh, series. Bangladesh. Who would have thought Bangladesh to defeat New Zealand in New Zealand? I couldn't catch the highlight. I couldn't catch the the live action, but I, I saw the highlights. Pretty inspiring performance. Yeah, and it was not a like a easy game. It was not like New Zealand collapsed and you know Bangladesh took advantage, bowled them out for two two innings. uh the new zealand team which is commendable for a bangladeshi team and a lot of new faces in the bangladeshi team as well you know the people we know you know shakib was not there uh there were new faces shadab and all were there but yeah but i think great uh, about bloody time i would say uh they've been in this this you know they only show up at world cups uh, generally uh to show hey yeah. we are there to create upset but otherwise they are pretty silent in the test test scenario so it was a great 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 result for them and it was a full strength new zealand squad so no excuses there as well uh but then new zealand showed their class uh, in the rest in the remaining matches but i think the entire series the finale was all about the man himself mr ross taylor 
Uh, what a what a final test match, man! Did you see it? Did you uh, did you catch? Oh my days! <laughs> amazing, amazing! The final delivery, the final wicket. What a what an end to a an an outstanding career. Uh, one of the easily one of the greatest New Zealand player. I mean, New Zealand have produced some real gems of cricketers. I mean, Ross Taylor will definitely be amongst the top. a uh, great servant to the game very very nice person i mean you generally see his interviews his on field behavior i mean new zealand team in general have set up a lot of standards in terms of yeah. uh, in in terms of being gentlemen in in the game uh, so yeah really happy for ross taylor great career won the test championship played a very important role in winning the test championship for new zealand but, uh, but so yeah if good. new zealand were an ipl team they would still be bottom of the fair play award <laughs> because nobody knows how the fair play award points goes <laughs> in the end mukesh ambani wins <laughs> or csk <laughs> most of the time csk <laughs> so yeah good job bangladesh good job new zealand for giving us a great test series to watch now there's another major event happening guys it's the under 19 cricket world cup we all know india have been performing really well over the last three editions of the under 19 world cup we reached all three finals one one lost two and yeah that's happening right now uh, many teams have played two games some teams have played one games so it's on hotstar star sports so watch out for it lots of new talents uh, lots of new stars will come out of this under 19 world cup so yeah that's about it guys that's about it for the cricket action now in the next section we will see what has happened in the world of european football Welcome back to Sports Charcha. It is time for European football, and as usual, we will start with EPL. Now, Ishan, during the beginning of the season, we were all talking about how this season is going to be one of the closely fought season—a four-way competition between Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United—and by about. Game week ten, we all went. Oh, it's going to be a three-team race between Liverpool, City, and Chelsea. Now, after almost eighteen, nineteen games, I don't see a race at all. And City are absolutely going to walk away with the league once again. <laughs> oh my God! I think, wow, man! I have no idea what's going on in the Premier League other than other than Man City. uh because they're just doing man city things uh very consistently uh and you know since we've done the last since we did our last pod- podcast we've seen an un- unbelievably consistent chelsea now we are seeing an unbelievably consistently bad chelsea we've seen a consistently bad manchester united uh we've seen a resurgence of arsenal who are probably playing the best football they have in many years uh you know arteta has finally got things going they actually might be in a shot a serious shot for a top 4 you never know we saw west ham both of us were very excited with west ham playing well when we last spoke about it and they are they are pretty low now uh tottenham under conte have become much better uh so for me you know i don't know who the top 4 will be by the end of the season uh i know city is going to win it i am pretty sure Uh, you know liverpool and chelsea will be the one and the two and three uh the four i am i am putting my money on it it's not going to be manchester united <laughs> yeah i think that's pretty much everyone's guess too but then we'll still don't know manchester united's quality what will come through pogba is back in training so hopefully that will probably create the necessary spark for the team to move forward but yeah number 4 is pretty much a great race in fact you have west ham arsenal tottenham united all these four teams are pretty much shown for the fourth spot tottenham again under conte i mean last time when we spoke conte wasn't in charge i think right now conte is in charge uh, tottenham have shown some steel in their performance obviously they are not as consistent as conte want them to be but then they will get there they will reach there now apart from the top 3 teams which team you think have actually underperformed or which player you think have actually underperformed which we thought i mean to remind you we said lukaku is probably one of the signings of the season and that's the way it started also he started off pretty brilliant but 
as it stands right now there's a lot of problem on and off field problems we all know that so yeah when it comes to teams and when it comes to players who have caught your attention and who you think have underperformed if if you were a lawyer bala you you would have been what you said right now would be inadmissible in court you led me on to say lukaku you asked me a question and then i partially answered it but uh no but you're right completely it's that you know both of us know this very well it's that second chelsea season with the manager who won everything in the first they go through this you know phase where they can't win anything and lukaku is the face of this problem right now because of and it's all his own doing he you know a couple of weeks ago he had this unnecessary interview uh, with an italian newspaper i think it was gazeta dello sport where sky sports no it was sky oh, sports sky sports sky sports italy sky sports italy where he basically was you know pining for a return to inter milan and how life there was amazing how lutaro martinez is is you know casanova in a way uh <laughs> but it was so badly timed because he was just recovering from an injury tukel was still not putting him in the squad it just created unnecessary friction uh which was not right because if you're a 100 million 100 plus million pound striker who's not performed toward to that limit the last thing you need to do is talk you know talk too much just you know shut up and drive in a way right uh which has not happened so it's all you know triggered a huge problem for chelsea in terms of their results uh, obviously they just you know beat spurs in the carabao or was it the carabao cup carabao cup yeah semi finals so they're in the finals there but you know they were so meek against city this weekend uh, in the league which basically handed city the title it was such a disappointing performance uh stobia lukaku the entire united team i would say you know rafael varan jaden sancho uh, i would it's going to be very unfair for me to say ronaldo because he's done everything he can possibly can at his age so i will not say ronaldo underperformed uh, but i would say sancho for a, for sure uh, has been very poor uh, you know then i would say teams everton yeah Any, what has happened to everton wow <laughs> rafa benitez by the way news flash is already gone yeah uh, he was far sacked i think a couple of days ago uh it's it's the mid table is pretty poor this time in the premier league you know this is not the usual premier league we've seen this season with covid etc uh, there's a huge disparity in quality i'm seeing you know suddenly after the west hams after the 6th and 7th you see a serious drop like leeds united is crap hmm. uh like this season bls has completely lost the plot they won their game right now with west ham but uh they are they're not a very good team anymore uh, so it's you know a lot of disappointments but i would say the united team and and lukaku would be my highlights great i mean pretty much my same picks but i'll have to add a couple of more teams i'll probably say leicester hasn't performed the way they have in the last two seasons so they have there's a drop in quality in leicester also but to be fair to some other teams like leeds etc they had a lot of injuries everton had a few key injuries but still with the team they have they should not be in 16th position they should not be 5 6 points away from the relegation scrap so definitely not a place where they should be rafa benitez was pretty much touted to be one of the early managers to get sacked uh, it's it's a surprise that he is the fifth or the sixth manager to be sacked whether he should have been sacked a long time ago but yeah some of the teams have done pretty well also wolves started out of pretty slowly but now they are picking up they are becoming a very good team and wolves in the last two three seasons under nuno and now under bruno lage have uh, really impressed i mean at least i was personally impressed with uh, with wolves uh, steven gerrard has started really well he's showing a lot of uh, signs of a good Coutinho, manager kutti <laughs> we will get to barcelona when we get to la liga but what a relief that one player has left barcelona i mean i'm happy for cotinho himself he was completely lost in barcelona at least he came to aston villa and found hopefully found his magical touch and hopefully has a better uh, career in the next 4 5 years so yeah that's pretty much the season right now guys i mean top 4 as we discussed man city i mean 
you can mala for you city is winning it city yeah city is winning it pretty much you can very well hand over the trophy to them i mean i don't see see liverpool can get closer even if they win the match in hand they'll probably can get closer but i don't see city losing eight points i mean that is that is not happening i don't think that's happening at all i mean city they have cracked this christmas season brilliantly in the last 3 4 seasons in fact all the seasons when they have won the title this is the time where they actually put the pressure on the pedal this is when they actually go on a run 12 match 15 match 20 match run where teams actually slack off due to the number of uh, games due to the fixture pile up lot of teams slack off but this is where city actually put the uh, pressure on the pedal and, and and go on this victory run so city pretty much winning liverpool chelsea you can pick either or it's just a coin toss between yeah. liverpool and chelsea who could be second and third and pretty much liverpool and chelsea are also in in my opinion they have kind of given up on the league and started focusing on the cups and the fa cups and the champions league uh fourth yes there is definitely a very very good race for the fourth position i mean that's something that i'm totally looking forward to we have four really good teams who are fighting for it and then the relegation scrap which is always fun to watch as long as your team is not fighting in the relegation scrap hopefully all these games get played yaar i mean there's so many postponements happening in the last 2 3 weeks it's a little disappointing the north london derby got postponed and do you really think teams are postponing games because of covid because i personally feel some teams are misusing it no no the premier league has they've been touted as people who are like the league that has been constantly misusing this leverage because uefa's rule and a lot of the leagues have their own rules says that if you have 11 players to field you play a game uh, so if you look at the serie a you look at uh, the la liga it's not like there's no covid in those countries they have been very strict like if you remember there was one barca game where yeah. they literally fielded half a youth team but they played and that's full respect because if you're a big club and the premier league they're rich they, they have so many players like in their squad list of course they can put up a squad so i think it's a lot of excuse because they have the amount of broadcasting rights they have uh, i think it's tied down to that uh, but yeah like a north london derby getting skipped when actually it matters you know 10 10 games down the line where uh, tottenham or arsenal don't have a shot with for a top 4 this game might not be so interesting that's true so you know all th- all those things put into context i think it's a it's a bad move by the premier league authorities uh, they should take cue from the other european leagues great guys enough of epl let's move on to la liga there is a slight title race happening real madrid definitely on top they are fresh after winning the supercopa their second supercopa in the last 3 years in fact the second new format supercopa i would say uh, happened at saudi arabia don't ask why uh, they defeated athletic club in the finals 2-0 they defeated barcelona the semi finals 3-2 but the league they have a 5 point lead and the second team is sevilla who is actually performing really well well they lost the copa del rey game against uh, betis which is a, a a drama in itself and they also got knocked out of the champions league well they are in their favorite league they are in europa league which they love uh, but yeah that is from sevilla's point of view it is a failure but they are a shoe in when it comes to the league title they have one game in hand which they are think playing tonight they're playing against sevilla if i'm not sorry valencia if i'm not wrong and uh, they have their head a uh, head to head game against real madrid so do you see a title race or is this a usual sevilla who do very well in the first half but towards the end they fade off so i don't want to i'm very superstitious about real madrid and jinxing anything so i'm not going to say anything but i think real madrid win when it matters and if you see in the last couple of months every single tough game they've had they've won they've lost to the likes of espanyol and cadiz uh, which are like or getafe as well in the first game of 2022 right like anomalies i would say but when real madrid are playing sevilla they played sevilla a month and a half ago they beat sevilla they all the competitors they played they went into a, i think there was a 10 match a streak where they played the entire top 5 of the league and they beat all of them uh so this is a if you look at ancelotti's squad that he puts up for these big games 
all the players that are who have left are the only players missing from the squad of the decima hmm. you know it's benzema modric cruz uh, casemiro carvajal uh, cortua you know everyone who is not there has just left they're not they don't play for you know, uh, real madrid anymore barring marcelo you seen a resurgence of vinicius who by for me right now is in the top 3 best players in the world right now in terms of form what I, i don't know what ancelotti has done to vinicius because last year he could not shoot and this year he cannot stop scoring and he's scoring great goals like great finishes uh benzema has been benzema like there was a stat that benzema vinicius combined has scored more goals than barcelona this season uh so in and so it's been a great season for madrid but it's also been a very poor season for the likes of atletico madrid and obviously barcelona uh, where you know i still don't consider sevilla a title contender because in my mind it's always i'm always worried like when barca wins a game i'm like fuck both you know the point difference has reduced but then i look at the table it's a match like 18 points so it's a psychological thing uh, i think i hope sevilla have the same problem i do and they uh, screw up in mid- midway but yeah it's been interesting it's it's we are the favorites without a doubt but anything can happen but bala let's move on to your club last time we spoke javi hernandez was outed to become barcelona manager he has now not only become manager the his honeymoon period at barcelona is over but i feel and what do you think about it the media is so in love with zavi that even a loss with real madrid was treated like a victory in the catalonian newspapers everywhere because they scored two goals against uh, you know the lead lead best team in spain what do you think about barcelona right now well see it's about expectations versus reality because nobody expected barcelona to go even and compete against real so the fact that they dragged that game to extra time and lost it in extra time was a positive obviously a loss is a loss at any point i mean loss is a loss there is no argument there but yeah the way they performed the performance was better so that's why probably the catalan media was was in was was very positive and obviously they all love xavi xavi is their uh, star boy so obviously the criticism on xavi will be very less and everyone expected that also when xavi came in pretty much every part of the catalan media and the spanish media kind of laid down the uh laid down the rules that chavi will be given time uh it is it will be it won't be right to judge him based on only this uh, season's performance and uh, also they have done some decent business they were able to send philip coutinho on a loan to aston villa they were able to uh resign samuel untiti revise his contract who is again injured who's will again miss about pretty much the rest of the season so they were able to sign ferran torres and register so now when it comes to barcelona right now it's not just on the signing players it's signing and registering players so so they were able to i must say barcelona taught me a lot about how transfers work you know in the exactly. last couple of years i didn't know about this registration of players and all of this it's all thanks to barcelona i've learned Dude, the pretty much half of spanish football fans have understood how football finances work thanks to barcelona in the last one one and a half years like one and a half million debt how can they sign haland i think it will be a b school case study 100% it will be a b b school case 100% case study it's a case study that every b school should have on how not to run a, a sports club a sports business <laughs> it should be a it should be a mandatory case study so yeah So I would say where Barcelona where and where Barcelona are right now there's a slight improvement but again definitely where not where they want to be but when it comes to this season's objectives they are still in line top 4 is still something that they can achieve they're just two points out yeah there's a in fact a point one point away from top 4 uh Atletico Madrid as you pointed out uh, having a terrible season pretty much they have the best squad but they are having a terrible season my opinion the penultimate season for simeone maybe this season maybe one more season i think he'll be gone after it uh betis i think i think his uh, aura has aura is fading yeah. aura is fading yeah pretty much it's it's going bad for him betis they pr- pretty much they are the surprise factor of this entire season they are doing really well 
Pellegrini showing once again to the entire world that he is not done yet. Uh, Sociedad, they have been consistently doing good. Rayo Vallecano, from nowhere, they have been exceptional. In fact, they have the best home form in all of the top five European leagues. Rayo Vallecano. It's not Real Madrid. It's not Bayern Munich. It's Rayo Vallecano. They have the best home form. It's Falcao. <laughs> it's Falcao, exactly. And you know who's one of the most improved players in La Liga this season? Obviously, I'm not looking at Vinicius. Hector Bellerin. Oh, Hector Bellerin. He has done really well. I mean, Arsenal fans. <laughs> Arsenal fans <laughs> might have different uh, opinion about it, but yeah, Bellerin has done really well for Betis. So yeah, that's where we are right now with La Liga, guys. Real Madrid on top with 49 points. Sevilla with a game in hand, 44 points. They have playing Valencia on Wednesday night, Thursday, early morning Indian time. Betis third, Atletico fourth, Sociedad fifth and Barcelona sixth. So hopefully we will see a much tighter race for three, four, five, six. One and two are pretty much sorted. So hopefully we'll see a title race and a three, four, five, six race in La Liga. So enough of La Liga, enough of EPL. Let's move on to Serie A where there is an excellent title race going on. When we spoke last time, Napoli was pretty much having a great form and they had a few losses. But right now they are in third. The toppers are Inter Milan. How impressed are you with Inzaghi? I, I, I had my doubts, but man, he is brilliant. What he has done to that squad is very difficult and I've realized if it's facts. And so for any team that Conte leaves goes into this a phase of disaster post is similar to Mourinho because they can completely break a squad. But what Simone Inzaghi has done, he's made the inter side better after losing almost their best, two of their best players under Conte, uh, Ashraf Hakimi and Lukaku, uh, as well as if you want to count Ericsson, right? So the three very important players for Inter and they have now a better squad because they now win in multiple ways. Conte has one specific style of winning. Simone Inzaghi understands the opponent and can beat you accordingly. Yes, their form in the Champions League is not very good. Uh, but in the Serie A, they have been very consistent. They get they, they win the big games. They've been doing that consistently. And they've been doing that very well. You know, Edin Zeko, when will he retire? I don't know. Like, <laughs> he, he's, he's doing so well. Lotaro Martinez is amazing. Uh, and then they've got this Bastoni guy, man. Like, have you seen Bastoni play? He reminds me of the age-old Italian, you know, behemoth defenders who can score. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. Super base. He's like Baresi, if you remember. He's one of Conte's uh, gems. Like, Conte actually developed Bastoni. Inter, as you said, I mean, some of the smart signings, you were rightly you rightly pointed out that they lost... Three of their play, best players, I mean, Hakimi, Eriksen and Lukaku. And look at the replacements. They bought Denzel Dumfries, a very smart signing. Edin Dzeko, at that time, a lot of people had a lot of doubts. He's a spend force. Why are you signing a 35-year-old striker to replace a hot Lukaku? But Dzeko has scored, I think, more goals than Lukaku in this season. I mean, if you look at Lukaku for Chelsea and Dzeko for Inter. Uh, Chalanoglu. What a smart Channel. signing from Milan, from, from AC Milan to Inter Milan. Again, he has done pretty well. So Inter Milan has, they pretty much are on, I mean, they are on top right now. They are two points away from AC Milan, whom we'll talk about, who are again impressing. I mean, I'm pretty impressed with AC Milan also. Unfortunately, they lost their game against Spezia yesterday. I mean, against a run of play. But yeah, Inter, at this point of time, they are my favourites, but not far behind AC Milan, who have found this new lease of life. Zlatan once again showing what a true leader he is. He is again talking about Dzeko. We don't know when is he going to retire. Zlatan, I don't know when is he going to retire. He's still scoring goals for them. And did you see the game yesterday? The referee made a horrible mistake. So he blew the whistle for a foul. He didn't play advantage and by the time he blew the whistle, a second after he blew the whistle, Milan actually scored the goal. So the goal got chopped wow. off. And the reaction was so brilliant. Like Theo Hernandez literally like held the, uh, the referee's face and he was going like, what 
the fuck did you just do but to be mm. fair to the referee he held his hand up and he said like i made a mistake i'm sorry but yeah on the other side spezia went and scored so milan let's get to milan right now do you think they can challenge or they'll fall short because they don't have remember they don't have champions league they don't have europa league they don't have no they have no european action no no i'm i'm very confident that they can challenge because they have a great squad uh, it's not just latan they've got you know kesie who's probably the most sought after uh, midfielders right now in europe yeah. in terms of defensive midfield uh, so uh, they've got a really good squad in terms of you know theo hernandez they've got you know uh, what's our uh, what's it called Brahim. who's that other forward not brahim rafael liao rafael liao rafael liao wow yeah. he's he's a talent man He's a talent, he's right? And, talent. and he was always like prospect, but this year he's been playing and he actually been scoring quite a lot of goals. So they've got a squad going on, and they, as you said, they don't have the you know the pressure of other tournaments, other cups. Uh, so their full focus is Serie, which is not going to be like Inter, who I think have Europa League as uh, to think about. So I think they will challenge. Inter will still be favorites for me, uh, but AC Milan will be very close this season. and because juventus will not be breathing down anyone's neck uh, this season i think it will give them more room to breathe and actually play some you know and play with at ease so there is an interesting race going on between 3 4 5 i mean napoli we can still have a shoe in for the second spot insigne i mean he will be gone after this season he is going to toronto fc that's that's public news right now there is no uh that's public news right now atlanta uva are fighting for the fourth spot but roma i am extremely i thought like mourinho still has one final shot but i think i think it's that i mean seria has become seria has become so weird right now where atlanta and inter are producing nil nil draws whereas a mourinho and allegri game was 3 4 but let's talk about that game that game i think was the best game of the season like wow, yeah. i swear to god i saw that game unbelievable like and you are completely right who would have thought an allegri versus mourinho would be a 4-3 like no way in hell right but i feel mourinho's got mourinho's like a bad stock trader he joins the joins teams at the wrong time you know he joined roma when the seria is being resurgent and every team is really strong now right it's not when roma inter and juventus were the only three teams when milan sucked uh so i think it's done for him i think he just needs a national team job i think that's his next foray he's not going to be looking into clubs after this he might last this season might do another season with roma based on the results uh but it's not going to go for him so also let me talk about this. what do you think when we last spoke juventus were bad they were like really bad and we both said that allegri has always done this but let's be very honest they've not become very good they're still pretty bad yeah they are bad but then dibala has actually kind of come into some kind of form when there is contract talks happening like you will definitely see dibala performing really well on the field so they are able to dibala has been dibala has been supposed to leave juventus for the last 5 6 years every yeah. season he was supposed to go to barcelona he was supposed to go to tottenham he was supposed to go to bayern he was supposed to go to manchester united like he has been in juventus forever and looks like he may sign a new deal with you. Juventus again but coming back to Juventus they have they are able to find some results they are able to string some results like the one against Roma being 3-1 down they were able to get back and and win 4-3 but their biggest loss of the season has to be Chiesa's injury not just Juventus yes. loss it's Italy's loss also because they might be playing Portugal in their World Cup playoffs and Chiesa I mean we all know how important he is and how crucial his injury is going to affect uve's chances of achieving top 4 and also in champions league so best best of luck for uve hopefully i don't think it's might be it's confirmed it's italy versus portugal playoff so they have a semi final and a final so italy and portugal are in the same path so portugal are playing turkey and italy are playing north macedonia so if they both win their respective games they'll be playing each other and this time it's not a two legged game it's 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 one leg 
it's one game one leg so knockout yeah it's a, it's a direct knockout so any anything can happen so as as i was saying kiesa such a crucial figure for italy and for juve so hopefully hopefully juve can find some other inspiration from some other player and 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 pose a very good top 4 fight so that is it for seria uh, inter right now on top ac milan second napoli third and atalanta on fourth now bundesliga nothing much has changed it's bayern still all the way in fact uh, just an update guys lewandowski deservingly won the fifa uh, men's best player of the year for the second consecutive year i mean obviously there is no surprise there this man has been in amazing form again what 20 goals 22 goals in 18 games or something like that i mean he is a machine man he is just a machine but there is a, there is a machine that is coming up in italy dusan vlahovic yes. who's got a unbelievable scoring record at fiorentina but the one thing which really pissed me off with the this, the best awards is that in the best 11 of the year benzema was not in the squad yeah benzema and i could not believe how you cannot have benzema ansala not in the squad ansala was also uh, not there yeah and yeah so i be it depends you know you're going with ralph ragnick's formation for uh, the best 11 then i understand because <laughs> even with that team will probably lose you saw the formation But, uh, it's 3 3 4 <laughs> no 4 2 2 2 okay see i thought like 3 3 4 because they had messi ronaldo haland and lewandowski oh for that i saw i thought you were talking about ragnick's formation no earlier, even right? even in the in the women's Uh, best 11 there was no barcelona player like how come you can have What? there was no barcelona there was not a single barcelona player but in the final top 3 best players there were two barcelona player i don't understand this logic of fifa pro best 11 but anyways going back to bundesliga dortmund and bayern are easily the top 2 i mean dortmund has like a minor chance no no nah, nah, it's not happening <laughs> Not. <laughs> no chance. Bayern has no chance. Uh, sorry, Dortmund have no chance. But the only game Bayern loses is against Borussia Otherwise, they don't lose anything. Every season, this is the same case. Uh, other than Erling Haaland, there's nothing to notice about Dortmund because their defense is non-existent. So it's Bayern's league. It's Bayern's world. We all live in it in a way. They can do what they want. Uh, so yeah, nothing much to talk about Bundesliga. Nothing much has changed since we last spoke as well. You know, Bayern been winning, Bayern been winning. Yeah, and Lewandowski scores. Yeah, and the top two are pretty much way above the rest. Bayern on forty six points, Dortmund on forty points, and there is an interesting fight for the third and fourth position. Which, if you are a hardcore fan of Bundesliga, you can follow this Leverkusen, Hoffenheim, Union Berlin. They're all. are in that fight leverkusen again as usual have a lot of bright young talent who will move on to bigger clubs in another one or two years so that is again as ishan was pointing out it's business as usual in bundesliga right now yeah and league uh, i really don't want to discuss much about league uh, psg pretty much shoe in there like i think 10 15 i don't know 100 points they'll probably wrap the league up in another 5 6 games the one highlight in league uh, at least for psg is sergio ramos finally played a game for psg i think he started he came in as a sub i don't remember but i think he did play a game for psg i i want to say something the one thing which has brought this he to normalcy is that sergio ramos got a red card as well oh yeah <laughs> meaning everything is yeah. <laughs> so but i think it's been so, uh, is this probably the lowest scoring messi season uh since both of like we've known each other yeah yeah definitely like definitely. i barely heard him score yeah. like he's got one goal in liga so far one goal that has never happened This has never happened. And he started practically every game. Yeah, pretty much started every game. Like initially, he didn't play a few games, but then he started a lot of games. And then in the last three four weeks, he hasn't started because of COVID. But yeah, it's 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 by far the worst goal scoring season for Messi. So that's not a surprise. Great guys. So that's about it for all the European football action. Champions League draws have been made, so we will have Champions League somewhere in the time February time. 
AFCON is going on pretty interesting Champions League draws were made twice <laughs> yeah that's also right another drama which we missed Champions League draw made twice oh that's a whole we can do a separate episode on the Champions League draws uh so that's happening in February AFCON is going on uh the African Cup of Nations a uh, lot of good games i mean obviously indian viewers can't watch those games none of them are are telecasted live so we will come back again next week and talk about all the rest of the football action and other action now next section we will do a quick speed point section and we'll wrap it up because we have taken a lot of your time Welcome back to Sports Sarcha guys we are in the speed point section where we will start with the Australian Open drama Novak Djokovic or should we say Novak Djokovic has been finally <laughs> deported <laughs> uh guys because this is an audio medium you can't see Ishan's reaction to my Novak joke <laughs> uh for those who know Ishan he just gave me your dead to me look <laughs> So yeah Novak Djokovic has finally been deported out of Australia so if uh, Ishan correct me wrong he can't play the next Australian Open also right so they say but obviously Djokovic's legal team is now taking this matter to court uh, and the other new update which happened today is that Roland Garros has also banned Novak Djokovic unless he shows his vac- vaccination uh, certificate which is the origin of the problem at Australian at the Australian Open uh it's uh being i don't know what to say we're not going to talk too much about it but i am i'm on the fence on this because i'm not a novak djokovic fan and he doesn't do himself any favors by doing all of this uh but meaning should we or not for celebrities it's very silly See, to me it's very silly because as a country they have a law and i'm fine with the australian government and the australian authorities taking a strong action against it i don't have a problem but yeah as ishan pointed out that's where the problem is djokovic is not vaccinated and doesn't want to get vaccinated that is one problem and another problem is he tested positive yet he attended a public event so that added more problems to his case and eventually he got deported So Australian Open have started it's been 2 days and as we all know like every other grand slam the real action begins from the second week onwards so we will bring you all the updates as the tournament move along all right let's move on to nba we have a significant number of games being played uh means there's still a large portion of the season yet to be completed but where we are right now ishan in terms of the favorites in terms of players what's happening so i'm going to give you a quick just uh you know a lot of things have happened obviously because you know so many games in the nba season uh, we are almost at the midway before the all star break uh, you know on the eastern conference we've seen the 76ers come up uh, with all the drama they had at the initial start of the season with uh, ben simmons being saying that he won't play because he's mentally he has mental health issues uh, to now being top of the eastern conference which is great uh, the bucks are doing well as well but on the western conference you seen the resurgence of the golden state warriors and i called it uh, at the beginning of the season you know with steph curry back uh, into form and the way their team is structured and clay thompson has returned after two years out from an acl injury uh, so now the splash brothers are back it's amazing the lakers still suck unfortunately uh, they're an aging squad but you know lebron james is lebron james is going to get the lakers somehow into the playoffs and then the lakers in the playoffs is a different team so quick highlights i'm going to do more detailed analysis uh you know upsets great players mvp candidates there are too many things to talk about for the nba we'll do that in the next episode when we have some time Lakshya Sen has won the Indian Open badminton men's singles title whereas Chirag Shetty and Satvik Sairaj won the men's doubles championship so congratulations guys wonderful achievement PV Sindhu unfortunately missed out she lost in the semi finals so the next tournament to start the Syed Modi International so all badminton fans watch out for that 
All right, guys, that's about it for season two, episode one. Thank you very much for listening, guys. We had fun recording it. Hope you had fun listening to it. And hopefully from the next episode onwards, we'll bring a more shorter version, a more concise version. Obviously, this was a longer one because we ourselves had a lot to catch up in terms of what happened in the last one and a half months. Thank you very much, Ishan, for staying up so late in spite of all the things that are happening around in your life and good to see you again man and thank you very much to all the listeners we will see you next week and until then it's bye from Bala and bye from Ishan guys see you next week thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed what you heard please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also please like we are literally begging to rate our podcast on whichever app you are listening to It not only helps us, but also helps new listeners to find our podcast easily. You can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at the rate Sports Charcha. A big shout out to the Jam Room Audio for our theme music. You can follow the Jam Room on Facebook at the rate the Jam Room Audio. Bye.